The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. The Ring with DJ D. Yes, it is. It's time to get in the ring with DJ D. Cooks and Beast Mike. How you doing, Beast Mike? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, this is obviously been a, a really big week uh, in wrestling over the last week and a half. Now, two weeks coming up. Well, we got some big stuff coming up this weekend. But well, we got to talk about what happened last weekend and what shook the wrestling world and basically put it on its ear. Yes. AEW, Ollie Wrestling. They're no longer a t shirt company. Nope. <laughs> it's real. We anyone, all saw it. Any, anyone who calls it a t shirt company and, <laughs> and tries to justify it loses all my respect. That's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. Out here trying to demean AEW for saying, okay, let's try to see if we can put up a fight with the big boys. What a great first impression. The crowd yeah. was hot all night. The the cop, the mat the matches themselves were good. It, it was so much that happened really well. They came out the gate swinging uh, with, with, the, with the inflating of the numbers. I, I thought that was a great dig. They took shots at WWE all night long, but that was a great dig to start the evening. Great dig to start the evening. Um, I thought some of the digs were a little petty. Okay. Like the Cody one. Oh, the sledgehammer? Specifically talking to the Cody one. But overall, I had some very minor issues with the uh, production, which we'll get into, especially during the the Mm buy-in. But overall, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, this, this knocks it out the park. When I'm nitpicky, you know it's a good show. And, yeah, there really weren't that many mistakes. Uh, like, not much I would really change about this show. The, the, the matches were good. The storytelling was really good. The drama involved was really entertaining. Right. And I overall, I thought it came off professional. Yes. Which it's was the, a they took their jabs, which is fine. You, you kind of expected the people to, to take jabs at WWE because there's a whole lot of rocks that you can throw at the glass house. But it's a... Th- they were nice, subtle jabs. They, they, they were nice jabs that everyone can understand. And, like, they weren't reaching for anything when they, when they did it. It's a little glass house, as we'll get into later. But, but um, overall, AEW was a phenomenal show. We'll go match by match in a minute. But overall, great. Great. Out of 10. Probably go 9 out of 10. Uh, I, I really did enjoy a lot of what it, what it really presented here. I mean, it's the commentary was pretty solid. They didn't really jump on anybody. Uh, they, nothing seemed forced. Um, I do want to see, like, the... I think it, it all just made sense. Like, the commentary team made sense. The, 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 the lighting made sense. The pyro made sense. Uh, the entrances were pretty solid. How they built the drama up all night long. Was solid. The the belt, the new AEW championship looks dope. <laughs> and we'll talk about Bret Hart later, but uh, th- that looks dope. 
And they built up well, I think what we can both agree on, the best division in, in AEW right now is probably gonna be the tag team division, which looks absolutely stacked. You have six of the best tag teams in the world. My yes. god. So what we're so we go to the buy-in show and we had the casino battle royale, mm-hmm. which you had a suit of cards and a wild card. Each suit had five wrestlers come out. So Understood so, it. They're in Vegas. That's, that's fine. I wish it didn't go that route, but I, I get why they did it. I didn't really like the Battle Royal that much. Okay. Um, But it was a pre-show match, so right. I can't complain that much. I, like, I, I get why they did the whole like suit of cards thing. I, I get it. It's Vegas. You basically, basically uh, promoted this around like a casino and gambling and whatnot, so I, I get it. it it's it was literally in a casino, so I, I totally get why they did the whole uh, gambling hook to this battle royal and how they're going to have all the wrestlers come out. I get that. So I'm not going to yeah, really dump on it too much. I understood, and Hangman Page was the last entrant. He runs wild, eliminates a bunch of people. And then in the final four was MJF, Havoc, Luchasaurus, and Page. Um, they all beat down MJF. Acid Rainmaker to Luchasaurus and DVD on the page follows by by Havoc. Page cuts him off. Luchasaurus dumps Havoc. MJF hides on the floor. Page works over Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus cuts him off. Charges. Um, page goes blows him. And and um for the elimination. And then MJF attacks. Buckshot Lariat. MJF. MJF gets eliminated, and Paige wins the Battle Royal and faces the winner of Jericho Omega. I had no issue with Hangman Page being the winner. Uh, Paige look like, looks like a guy to me that's going to be one of the guys you can really build that company around. MJ, MJF, I will say. Cocky young heel. I like his swag. I like his, like his style on the microphone. He's the guy you, that everyone can easily hate. I'm, I think MJF is going to be a player, too. We're not going to get to that, too. We'll get to that later as to what really – why I say that. But all in all, solid ending. I think I got the right four or so that was left uh, in the Battle Royale. They're going to be big players going forward. Yes. And then we had Sammy Guevara versus Kip Sabian in the uh, main event of the pre-show. And it was a good showcase match for both. Uh, Sammy looked for a 6.30 late in the match. And then – Sabian counters and hits the Deathly Hallows for the win. Three-star match. Really, just a good showcase for both. Again, solid way to get everyone into the building. Solid way to say, okay, this is the kind of content you're going to get here. You're going to get incredible act. You're going to get really good action. You're going to get captivated wrestling. This is a good way to get people into the door. So, well, well done. Yes. Um, we had, to end the pre-show, we had the, each guy walking up. Um, Nothing really to add here. We had a national anthem. Then we have the opening of the pay-per-view. versus Stronghearts. Very good six-man tag. Uh, he, I mean, this is a SCU is a team that's just they're just so productive in everything they're doing. They're crisp and they're clean. They're, they're very efficient. Stronghearts did a thing too. Uh, all in all, good win for SCU, but a very good match. Yeah. This was the perfect opener. Um, great sprint style opener, mm-hmm. and 
And it was the only bad parts of the commentary were Jim Ross calling them Chinese when they're Japanese. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a miss. But JR wasn't really that bad. No, JR was all right. Excalibur was more like the uh, lead play-by-play guy. Mm -hmm. And JR bringing you the nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. And let JR fill in with the color and the stories. Um, I thought overall. And that's the way to do it, I think. That's the perfect way to do it because Excalibur, somebody, Trevor Dame on Twitter, our good friend Trevor Dame, said, This is like the grandson saying to the grandfather, This is the one Radiohead song you'll like. <laughs> I like that. Like, I like that. Ross. I like that. But this, this is, I think this is really good for JR now, where he doesn't have to do the heavy lifting. It, it, it's a really good way for him to say, okay, he can paint the picture, but he doesn't have to supply all this. He doesn't have to supply all the material to do it. It's a really good, it's a good look now. Or remember, like I said a few, I've said a few times where JR lost his fastball, but never really had a changeup. Maybe he finally developed one. And maybe, or maybe this is a Jamie Warner style thing. Where he came out swinging and all of a sudden, okay, his fastball is not 95 anymore. His fastball is maybe 80, 89. And it works. In this case, it works. I like how they did it. Excalibur is going to kill it as, as a lead guy on this commentary yeah. team. Excalibur is awesome. He really is. Marvez was bad. Yeah, Marvez could like be that. better. I agree. Mar- Marvez could be better. But he wasn't, like, offensively bad. He was just bad, like, and nervous. I think it was, yeah, nervous and lack of experience. I think it, was, it just seemed like one of his, it felt like it was one of his first times on a main stage like this. So I think it just, with more seasoning on a, on a stage like this, I think by the time they get the TV, I think he'll be fine. He just needs more, he just needs more time on, on, a, on big stages such as this. But the Strong Hearts and SEU opener, it started off with a hot promo, mm-hmm. um, with Daniel singing. That was fantastic. Something interesting was the 10 counts instead of the 5 counts for tag teams. Right. To get out of the ring. Oh, allows for more offense. I, I think it it's allows for, yeah, the match doesn't slow down. So uh, I, I actually think it's going to be a, a good look going forward. Yes, and the uh, as the addiction hits the best melter ever onto Lindemann. Then we have Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose versus Brandy. Dr. Brett Pink. Good triple threat match. And introduces Awesome Kong into the match. As Brandy Rose was supposed to, yeah, stayed on the on the stage, <clears throat> cut a promo, and then Awesome Kong jumps in, and Awesome Kong looked very good. I, I was I'm happy to see Awesome Kong back in the ring. I, I, it's felt like I haven't seen her in years. Like she was, she was last in WWE or something. Like I, I felt like that was the last time I really saw her, and she looked so productive. She looked like she never really missed a step. Since that time, very uh, happy to see Austin Kong back in. Wasn't the, as good as she could have been. She didn't really do all that much, but I could see why you would think she it was awesome just to see her. You yeah, know? You, you heard like some of the stories of like, oh, like she she was pregnant or something, and it was a, uh, and like she like what had complications or something, or it was. Yeah, and she had a bad back, and right. Like, so I was as I was saying, I was happy to see her come back into the ring and, and look. Not yet. You're right. Not as clean as she was, but it's good that this is like her first, like on a big stage, on a stage like this, her first time really being on, and she looks solid. Look good. 
All for it. And they let Kylie Ray and uh, Britt Baker do a lot of the heavy lifting. A lot yeah. of the, um, there was a good night's tower doom spot. Um, Ray fires up and hits Baker with the super kick. Um, but Baker hits the super kick and the last shot for the win at 11.05. This was a good showcase for Britt and, Britt and Kylie. Pretty much. But I didn't. I think this was the weakest match on the pay-per-view side. And it's not to say it's a bad thing. No. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not hard, we're not dumping on this match. Like, it's bad. Like, it's just... No, it was better. This is better stuff. It was serviceable. It was good. Yeah. But when you have a match like Cody Dustin, the opener, and a bunch of others... Um, Somebody's got to be the lowest on the total pole. Yep. Jack Evans and Angelico Cole versus the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Barreto. What are your thoughts on this match? Entertaining. Uh, I really did. I like what it brought here. And then, of course, we get the shocker at the very end uh, after the match with the Smash Brothers. Which, I don't think they'll be called that because no. Nintendo. Yeah, the, the, the copyrights. No, they're not going to keep that. But it's a... Uh, but their intro into AEW, what what an impact that was! I, I love that blockbuster, that Diamond Dust move that they did, the 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 Gordy special to, to Diamond Dust uh, flow. That that looked nasty, and uh, those the two main dudes look like they could really go to work here. They call it the Bat Breaker. I, I like that. I like that finisher. They got some promise and a bunch of goons, but they got some promise. Yeah, this tag team division is awesome. The best yeah. friends would win with a. Uh, Strong zero, and it, it was freaking awesome. This was a great match. I would go four flat on it. So many good tag teams. So you got SCU, and you got best friends, and then Bucks, and then Jeez is is so so stacked. Bros. Yep, Lucha Bros are in here. You, you, you got so many good teams. The tag team, whenever they do come up with tag team titles, oh, and then the tournament that's going to come up with the champions or however they do it, that's going to be appointment television right there. Um, Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, and Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida, Ryo Abe, and Ryo Mizuami. Um, the Joshi six-woman tag. What were your thoughts on that? Okay, um, I'm going to need to see Aja Kong versus Awesome Kong ASAP. I'm going to need those two. <laughs> The, to the battle each other. That, that's going to be highly entertaining television for me to see that. The match itself, um, the, really 21, the match itself was really good. The six-woman tag was really good. The 21-year-old absolutely stood out to me. I she, think that was Yuka Sakazaki. She was on fire to me. I, I think there, there's a, I can, I couldn't believe they were saying that she's only 21. It, it's, she's got so much talent and so much fire. That's a bright future there. A, a, a woman that eventually potentially could carry a women's division. All six of women are awesome. Yeah, they are. There's not going to be a bad women's champion in this company, it looks like. And I, I'm all for that. This was hard-hitting. Yes. Exciting. Yep. There was a botch, but it didn't really affect the match. Right. Which wasn't the ref's fault, if you look on the replay. It, it looked like there was a kick. It looked like there was a kick out. There was a kick out, and she didn't put her hands down all the way. Right. So that was the timekeeper. That, that was just poor timing. I, I'll just chalk it up to poor timing. 
Um, but still, the match itself, very yeah. highly impressive. Cody gets the Triple H throne entrance. You had to know that, that after, what, Triple H clapped at AEW at the Hall of Fame speech. You had to know that Cody was going to clap back. And that's how Cody chose to clap back. And, and then they tease the sledgehammer spot with, uh, with him and the, and the road and uh, Brandy. So you had to know I, that Cody was going to clap I, back. My thing is, let the product speak for itself. You don't have to do it, all yeah. that. You don't have to do all that. Take a nice little knife twist mm-hmm. when you're already stabbing with the uh, pay-per-view. Right. You don't have to twist the knife. They're pretty much already dead, as we'll get into later. Not financially, of course, but we're talking in terms of like content and and the obviously the ratings. But uh, yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a classic case when it comes to what advertising. I believe the, something the line is along the lines of, if you're number one, you don't have to mention number two. And clearly, AEW is mentioning is mentioning number one, well, at least in terms of the money and what and how much they generate and whatnot. And that's pretty much their their game and a lot of the the pay per view. But it's a there there were some good subtle jabs and then they just do they tried to throw some haymakers involved and this was clearly a haymaker that Cody tried to throw before he had a classic with his brother. Yes, this was a freaking classic. Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. This was amazing. He's definitely the match of the night. Uh, I mentioned last week this was the match of, I, I thought they could steal the show. And it not only stole the show, it burned the house down. It was the story that they told, the, the action involved, the drama involved, the story that the commentators told, like how JR was mentioning that like, he, he knew these he knew these two boys when they were kids. And, and, and it came to this, and it was just, it had you invested all the way through from bell to bell. The blood told a great story. Like like the blood that, uh, that Dustin. All-time great play job. Yes. Like, that told a great story. It was it, it, throughout the damn match. Yes. It, it was It was just... I take nothing back from this match. It was absolutely incredible. And even then, after Cody wins with, with Crossroads, and they both hit Crossroads several times. They both hit Crossroads at least once, and Cody hit it at the very end to win. Even Dustin doing Canadian Destroyers? He's doing <laughs> you, Code Red. I'm sorry, yeah, he did a Code Red? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's... Like that was it was absolutely incredible. And then two things: one, the promo after the match that Cody cut to say, "Okay, I'm, I, I I signed you to AW for a match, but not your last. Uh, like we got to you got to battle the Young Bucks, which is going to be awesome." And two, did you hear Dustin's um, interview that he did afterward? Yes. Ooh, so much heat from Dustin. It basically, saying like it was it was nice. It felt nice to get out of prison. I was like, ooh. All the shade that was thrown out here throwing gasoline on a fire right there. It was so much shade by, by Dustin, but he put on an incredible classic. One of his best matches of his career, if not his best match of his career. Yeah. Incredible stuff. This will be it should be on many match of the year candidates, uh ballots uh, towards the end of the year. But this this was that was an excellent match. We get highlights of Jericho of I mean, Paige winning the uh, Casino Royale Battle Royal. Bret Hart comes out because Bret Hart gives no fucks. <laughs> this is about a, this is a money grab. And people were speculating what would happen to Natalia. If anything would happen to Natalia. They said it was going to be Flair before. Yeah, I heard whole- about that. Before Flair got sick. Um, before Flair had to go to the hospital. But Flair's, Flair's straight now. So good, good. 
So Nate, uh, keep doing your thing. Uh, stay out. Stay healthy. But yeah, it was it was supposed to be Nate. But then MJF steals the freaking show. Like I mentioned earlier, MJF has got Star Heel written all over him. This is why MJF absolutely killed it with his with this promo. Straight killed it. It, it, it to the point where he basically got triple teamed at the end of it. The belt is gorgeous, by the way. We 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 harped on the twenty four seven belt being kind of whack last week. This was not the AEW's championship belt. Looks dope. It, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. It looks like it's basically a giant anvil that Bret Hart was holding up. But it's the the belt's gorgeous. It really is. But yeah, MJF absolutely killed it with this promo uh, that he cut before he basically got jumped by all parties involved. And also, also the shade he threw with the with the security thing as Brett got jumped at the Hall of Fame. I was like, "Holy mackerel!" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I popped for that one too. I, I popped for that too. Like, we're we're gonna go with this. We're gonna take it there. But yeah, MJF killed it too. Uh, MJF killed it with the promo there. And then Box versus Lucha Bros had to follow that and did it well. <laughs> I mean, I think that was the best way to do it was was to have your most reliable tag team in the company. Uh, did a thing right after that, and they That's did right. a very good job. Lucha Bros never have a bad match either. They sure don't. And then, yeah, so you got two excellent tag teams battling each other uh, for the that, for the AAA tag titles. Oh, that mach- that that tribute to the Motor City Machine Guns that was yeah. nice. Love we're it. not yes. gonna spot here because it would take us forever. Mm-hmm. But they would. One on Meltzer driver for the win. Good job by the Bucks to, to get it done. But yeah, it was all over the place. Chaos from pretty much midway to the middle of the match to the end. That's pretty much all Young Bucks matches do. Where they, they kind of build up, build up, build up, and then we get to chaos and then we, we get mayhem. And then we always usually end with a big spot. So good well done. Good job with the Bucks to keep those eight AAA tag titles. Uh very good match, pretty much. I'd probably go four a quarter, four and a half. But I agree with I you know- the, the the Rose brother, the Rose brothers is four and three, four and three quarters. Um, now we had our main event. How to follow those two matches? Mm-hmm. Well, it did well. It did very. It, it wasn't Wrestle Kingdom, but it was really good. It's really good. It revolved around Jericho avoiding the one winged angel, mm-hmm. and Jericho would hit the code breaker and the Judas effect to win. But that's not the biggest story here. Now the Judas effect, for those who don't know, that's basically a spinning back elbow. It's pretty much what Jericho did to Omega to put Omega down for three. What I liked about that, the psychology of the Judas effect, he did not feign it once. No, he didn't. He, he, he threw it out there. Like, like, it's like he knew that was, that was going to be how he was going to close. It, it, Omega pretty much never saw it coming. And then once Omega got hit with it, that was it. It, it hit Omega clean in the head. But yes, he, but he's not kidding. That was not the main story. Jericho cuts a promo basically saying, this is all because of me. I, I, I'm the reason for all of you are here. Uh, I, I'm going to be the obviously going to be the champion with beating Heyman Page, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then the crowd starts to build up. The crowd gets loud. The noise level goes way up into the building, and then we see a very familiar face walking through the crowd. Some may know him as Dean Ambrose. We now know him as John Moxley. Yes. Mo- Moxley then steps into the ring. Not a word. Not a word was uttered in the ring by Moxley. Jericho looks at him like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And then Moxie steps to Jericho and basically effectively hit what we all know with the Dirty Deeds, double arm DDT, that he, he hit so well and so quickly. The ref tries to check Moxley, 
And then he gets the same fate Jericho does. It's on site. Now we get to the, the, the other part of this deal where Omega, he, he looks at Omega and, okay, we're thinking, okay, he's going to finish Omega off the same way. And he tried to. Omega saw it coming. And they started brawling all over the building. This led to the staging area where they had the giant poker chips. And then Moxley basically runs away from Omega, climbing onto them. And then double arm DDT, and then basically gives an attitude adjustment off the stage through through a table that was on its side. But again, maybe not. Maybe that's not even the main story. The promo he cut afterward, absolute fire. Oh my god, that promo was so good. I'm like, the shackles are off. <laughs> was absolute fire. It was it was absolute fire. And that's all against Jericho, which I think we should get into right now. Um, Jericho had Moxley on to explain, and I felt this was more impactful than the CM Punk art of wrestling, Mm. because it gives you an inside grip of, like, what the hell goes on in that company. That punk, punk art of wrestling was, it was just two bitter guys, you know? Colt's not that as bitter as... CM Punk is, but CM Punk comes off as bitter. It, it, a little, yeah, he kind of does. does. Moxley did not come off as bitter. He just came off Moxley, as honest. He was honest, and he wanted his character to be the best it could possibly be. Right. And basically, he's like, why am I doing this? So, some of the gists of it were there were some scripts involved, I believe it was, and that, that he wanted to kind of want to put his own spin on it, and he kind of had to throw it away and reject it. That was one thing that was wrong with it. Uh, the, the Roman Reigns cancer stuff, which nobody liked, and that they, they, they went the route of uh, disrespecting Roman and the cancer, which apparently Roman was like kind of gave the okay to, even though, again, I still don't like it. But they, Roman he apparently said, kind of gave the okay to. But yeah. he didn't like it. He didn't want to do it. And he didn't want to go that route. And that, that was bad. He and said think, there was a line in there that that it was so bad that they could have lost sponsorships. He did not say that line. But, right, right. But yeah, I, I, I did. That was that was also part of it. And he also pretty much uh, explained the moment when he wanted to leave WWE, where he said he wanted to come when he was coming back last July, last right before SummerSlam last year, where he was like, I did want to come back to wrestling, but right, but not to WWE. And that was pretty telling. And then when he realized when he wasn't going to resign was the whole thing with, with the doctor where he was taking those needles was the part where he was like, okay, that's the part where I don't want I know I don't want to be here. And, and yeah. like the 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 pitting of Vince McMahon as a delusional old man, which a lot of I, people, which, I know you agree with it. This is good shit. <laughs> this is good shit. I know you agree. I know you. You've been saying that for a couple of years. You've been saying it back since back when we were Monco that the, the Vince is delusional. That the Vince is losing in touch with, with the with the audience, the current audience. It hasn't adapted to what, what the current audience yeah. wants. Stanford basically confirms everything I've been saying. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, he kept him on, and, it's, and he's not he's not wrong. There there are ways where you can, you can tell the Triple H understands more than Vince does. I and the NXTs, we see Hunter pretty much controlling them. And NXT, everyone admits, or everyone knows NXTs better than, than the main roster stuff. Media call was also today. Is what you know what he does before NXT takeover. Yeah, yeah. Belter. That that was gold, but Melter asked um, Triple H about Gable and uh, Harper, 
and and like Triple H said, they could always use them, but it's no guarantees that they will get pushed in the next day. But the main thing that came out of the Triple H call was that injury. Let's finger quote this. Injuries have changed plans on NXT guys coming up to the main roster. Injuries is a funny way of saying delusional 73-year-old man. <laughs> he don't want to put heat on Vince. It's obvious. He doesn't want to put heat on his father-in-law. That, that's pretty, that sounds obvious to me. Yes. Because well. he, you know, he knows how much uh, heat he would take, or he would take and Vince would take if Triple H just kept it in the buck. It was like, this is the reason why this isn't happening, et cetera, et cetera. And there are several dudes that we think that should be called up right now that aren't being called up. Velveteen Dream, Undisputed Era. I think Shayna should be called up. There's several that I think should go, should come up. A delusional 73-year-old man stands in the way of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ciampa and Gargano, remember. Yes. Those those are two those are two more that, that one would think they should have been up by now. But no. Oh, I'd rather them stay in NXT and stay away from that 73-year-old <laughs> man. You rather they just carry. You rather those two and several others that I just mentioned will carry NXT until Vince seeds power. Vince McMahon thinks he's genuinely making a good show. He does. And, and, and there are points where, like, you've lost your mind. You have lost your goddamn mind. I can just imagine him saying, "This is good shit." <laughs> you know, but yeah, I can imagine that too. That which leads to Raw, where they have. Baron fucking Corbin as the number one contender. He wasn't initially supposed to be there. This happened because AJ Styles got hurt and Corbin was inserted in his place. Now, when AJ did the promo about it, Corbin basically paid him back for the slap he did two weeks ago and called him with a right hand. So that kind of paid that off. And it seems obvious it's only a matter of time before uh, Corbin and uh, AJ throw hands. And... The other main now Raw itself did okay, did some decent things. There was no cash in for for oh, Lesnar. Brock, the Brock party is on. Uh, that, that's apparently how we're going to the start playing this. The Brock now, party is on. They, they actually they legitimately start selling shirts uh, for Brock parties, and they legit turn the money in the bank briefcase into a boombox, or as Brock Lesnar yeah. calls it, the Beast Box, which is kind of hilarious. But it's a but clearly they're really that's what they're doing with money in the bank. They're gonna basically build it around Brock. We'll get into that later. Uh, as to what happened later, which was I think the funniest part of the whole show. The first part of it really could have been saved for SmackDown as Ziggler and Woods, because Ziggler came after Kofi, after Lesnar and um obviously Seth and Kofi were in the ring waiting for Brock to decide who he was gonna cash in on. Uh, Ziggler came out to jump Kofi. And then Woods came out to save Kofi. And this turned into a brawl between Ziggler and Woods. And so Kofi came back to save Woodsy. So that was effectively the first half hour of Raw. That's pretty much what it was. It was basically a, a brawl between Ziggler and Woods and, and a good promo by Dolph. 51 minutes. No bell the bell action. Yep. And let's see. Shane. The usual 73 year old man that says, This is good shit. <laughs> Come on now. And have Dolph beat Woods. That's, they could have just did that on SmackDown. They didn't have to do this on Raw. Unnecessary. So Shane basically beat Roman Reigns' his cousin. Whatever. He didn't miss anything. And what this led to the signature part, the funniest part of Raw to me, 
was Lesnar came out again because Rollins had stormed out the first time. Rollins came back to confront Brock, and it leads to Heyman reading the contract and signing Money in the Bank briefcase. And it leads to, okay, Lesnar has until May 19, 2019 to May 19, 2020 to cash it in. Lesnar then stops Heyman, and it looks at the contract is like, wait, I got a year to cash this in? <laughs> Which is all-time hilarious because that's been the rule since day one. You know the rule. Everyone knows the rules. You and Money in the Bank, you got a year to cash. How Brock did not know he had a year to cash in Money in the Bank was all-time hilarious. How do you not know? I hate to ask the perfect question. How do you not know? How do you not know you got a year to cash in? Gives no fucks. <laughs> it was great. It, it was absolutely hilarious. Now, Stephanie, I think within the last hour or so, uh, they basically are going to condemn, they basically condemned Heyman and Lesnar for their actions and basically how they, they teased the cash in and, no, and nothing happened. Uh, that This happened about an hour ago. But... Yeah. That I'm like yawn, but but this is absolutely hilarious. Man, uh, because when in doubt, when ratings are low, let's put more McMahon's on the TV. <laughs> no, and Danny did not get Nyquil, but Danny's obviously going to sleep. Uh, <laughs> so, so yes, this this. Absolutely hilarious that Lesnar did not know that he had a year to cash in money in the bank. <laughs> Even though that's been the rule since day one. You win the briefcase, you got a year to cash. That's all time hilarious. Uh, it, it was that was absolutely priceless. I literally laughed out loud when I saw that. Like, how do you not know this? Okay, so we'll, we'll get back to, back to actual wrestling. Uh, Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross, decent battle against the Iconics. Uh, Becky with the manhandle slam, as she's calling it, basically her pump handle rock bottom finisher um, to get the pin. Uh, for, hmm? Which looked awful. Yeah, it, it, it looked. It still looks a little clunky. Uh, but she got the the pin to, on Billy Kay, and Lacey Evans basically did what she what she did before she started fighting on the main roster was arrive, kind of do an entrance down the ramp, and then twirl and leave. Ricochet and Cesaro ran it back, and I'm so glad to finally get to something good. Ricochet and Cesaro ran it back on Raw, and it was just as entertaining, if not more so, than the first. I can't believe how Ricochet won. If you didn't see this, you should. There were Canadian Destroyers. Hmm? There were Canadian Destroyers. There were Canadian Destroyers, yes. But that's not how he, but that's not the way he won. Or, he won, basically. Ricochet did a handstand from the floor to the apron, and then flipped up from the apron to on Cesaro's Cesar back in electric chair position, and then turned into a hurricane rod to get the pin. I was like, "How? How is that even possible?" But this, but this match was incredibly entertaining from start to finish. That, that's just how it ended. But it was incredibly entertaining from bell to bell. Well done, Rick, Rick and Cesaro running back. They're one and one. So we need to see the conclusion of this battle. As we kind of expected, Rey Mysterio is going to drop the U.S. title. Uh, he's already officially he's gonna drop it so he can he can get healthy and get right. But it seems like it really should be a matter of time before Joe gets it back. Let's let's call it what it is. Joe really should have never lost it. So we'll see if Joe gets it back. We'll see what happens with the US Championship going forward. But hopefully it's a quick resolution and or Joe gets it back. Uh, now we get to the fatal four away, which cornholes for whatever reason. Which let's call it's what it is. Since we knew that that Lashley and Strowman were going to face each other already, it pretty much came down to Corbin and Miz. Who's going to win the match between Corbin and Miz? Oh. And though Miz put up a decent fight, 
all in all, it was the EOD onto MIZ for the one, two, three, and now the Coots will rant. Let me rant. Oh. Yep, let's go. The definition of I don't care if it's a Saudi show, I don't care if it's in Bumblefuck, Louisiana. Baron Corbin should not be challenging for any world, universal, United States, intercontinental, anything. Anything! He sucks so bad! He is so bad! I know. I'm getting worked up because Baron Corbin, that's supposed to be his job to Mm -hmm. work me up into a shoot. Yep. But, my God, you can't just... It's just disappointing. He's tall! That's the only attribute that's good about him. He's fucking tall! He's tall and he's actually got agility for his size. That's pretty much where a lot of the positives will end. The agility part. He's tall. That's it. And they still throw him into these situations. They throw him into these matches where it's high stakes involved. Ratings are at an all-time low. Even though the ratings are trash and, and they clearly have not learned for what you try to, I think you were trying to go with was the definition of insanity. Channel qualities. Yeah, you were trying to go with the definition of insanity earlier on was the basically doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result. You're not going to get a different result. Corbin's on the TV because nine and a half people out of ten are going to turn away. And the other five probably just aren't going to pay attention. And the other point five are just aren't going to pay attention to what happens. But that's what they're out there going. Corbin's going to fight Seth Rollins at Super Showdown. Or, yeah, Super Showdown. For a minute. In a minute. <laughs> for the Universal Championship. It, it's, it's painful for a lot of us. Will the Saudis boo him? We'll see. But it's going to be a very yeah. pain, painful experience for all. Saudi's a hat that they're there, so... Pretty much. Maybe the one place on Earth where, where Corbin will actually get a, a decent cheer. Think about that. Okay, so that was the main... The Firefly Funhouse was weird, awkward, but then again, that's the way it needs to be. The Usos had a cookout with um, pretty much the entire show, and then the 24-7 people came in. Our troops survived Raw with, with the 24-7 title. More on that on SmackDown. Actually, no, I'm not supposed to get to it now so we can get out of the way. Uh, main event of SmackDown, our truth, first off, there was a Shane McMahon appreciation night. Yeah, it's just, it was as bad as you thought it was, would be. And Drake Maverick basically chased him all throughout the building. Maverick chased Truth into the ring. Truth pins Maverick. I don't know why, but to retain the championship. And then Truth gets jumped by Elias and McIntyre. One claim more later, Elias wins the championship. Talk about something on Raw. Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn. Oh, no, well, I'll get back to that. I was just kind of, like, rounding up the 24-7 stuff. And then we get to, later on in the evening, the main event of Roman and True versus Elias and McIntyre. Roman gets the pin because Roman spears Elias and gets the, gets the pin there. And then spears him again after the match. And then R-True swoops in and takes the pin, basically with Roman's assist, to get the 24-7 championship back. Now we'll get back to what was good on the electric chair thing. Which the electric chair segment kind of went haywire because they went to the audience and the audience is asking questions and whatnot. Seth and uh, Sami Zayn did his own narcissistic self, and then the AEW spot. Yeah, I was gonna get. I'm getting to that last. The AEW spot. The whole building snaps. The whole building snaps when they heard AEW. Corey Graves tried so hard to deflect it away, attention away from that, but it was so. Sami Zayn with the obvious. We're going to throw kerosene onto this fire right here. It was such, it was such a good move by Sami Zayn. 
Probably Vince was probably say they're probably expecting him to boo. But everyone was like, yeah, AEW! <laughs> because AEW is a better product. AEW killed it. AEW absolutely killed it. And, and it's, not, it's not like we didn't expect it to be good. Because we mentioned last week, we expected it to be really good. We, I don't think either of us thought it would be this good. You just and gave it, AEW free publicity. Thank you. Thank absolutely you. did. Well, well done, Sammy Zane. It, that, that backfired horribly. If, if Vince, if that was what they wrote in the script, that was a horrible backfire um, on Vince's part. And obviously, the love that that wrestlers showed, uh, the WWE wrestlers showed to the AEW guys, from from Woodsy to uh, a lot, a lot of the dudes who had the fr- had friends in the company. Uh, obviously, the obviously Renee's husband was there doing doing his thing and. And then the hyper heart, obviously Natty, and like, did, did Natty know about it? Like, people were speculating that we'll either be punished. I'm, I'm the Meltzer came out and said, like, they're not going to really do anything to either of those people, uh, Natty or Renee Young. And it was, it was a whole lot of love coming from the WWE wrestlers, Revival, Sasha Banks, a whole lot of love coming from all those people to the AEW crew. And obviously, Sammy kind of punctured it, kind of put it away with, with just mentioning them on Raw. Knowing full well how many eyeballs are going to be watching, and then we got yeah. to a Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins match. It was another all-time low rating. That's not surprising, uh, considering, yeah, how the the product itself hasn't been that great. Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals. It's it, it, that's not surprising that uh, it was it was a fairly low, it was a really low rating. It wasn't this Raw wasn't the complete trash that the pretty much worst Raw of all time was about uh, three weeks ago. But it wasn't great. It had its when it had its moments. It had its moments, but it wasn't a great Raw. Zayn did Rollins did beat Zayn, and it was a pretty good one on one match that closed the show, though. So it's a good close. So Kofi Kingston defeated Kevin Owens in 17 minutes on SmackDown. Solid match, not as good as Money in the Bank, but a solid match. Uh, there, there was no nothing from Dolph. It was a productive one on one match between Kofi and, and Kevin Owens. So well done. He kind of caught up with the trouble in paradise out of nowhere at the very end. But a good match. Kobe did seem a little shook on, on, on the mic beforehand, I will say. Uh, let's see. Heavy Machinery, finally, they're, they're doing what I think they should have been doing all along. Heavy Machinery versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan. You, you have a couple promos. I think what they should do going forward, you have a couple promos. Show Heavy Machinery eating the, the, the gluttony, eating the, the steaks, the, like, loading in all, all, the, all the food that Daniel Bryan, the processed foods that Daniel Bryan wouldn't have or all the animals that Heavy Machinery eats as part of their diet, all that stuff. All you got to do is build it around that. You'll get some good, interesting television. The story writes itself. This is what needs to happen with, with these two teams before Heavy Machinery finally wins the tag titles. Good look. Mandy Rose, again, as we said a couple weeks ago, Mandy Rose is improving. Solid match against Carmella. Mandy did her thing and got, got the pin there. So good job. A little bit of a system, Sonya. But, uh, but Mandy gets it done, one-on-one. So good job there. I mentioned 24-7. Bailey beat Lacey Evans, a little bit of an assist, unintentional, from Charlotte, who uh, who kind of tried to interfere on Lacey's behalf, but it went a while, it went wrong on uh, on Lacey. Bailey got the pin, and it led to a little bit of a fight between Charlotte and Lacey. Interesting things happen as both blondes are going after Becky and Bailey for their respective titles. And then obviously, and then SmackDown closed the show with the with the tag match I mentioned and the whole twenty four seven stuff. So that's the fact that we SmackDown. To the to 205. And really not much happened of note on 205 per se. 
except for Tony Nese vouched for Akira, Akira Tozawa to be his next challenger, and uh, Drake Maverick's uh, priorities were not on 205 Live, obviously, they were on the 24-7 championship, which, again, very hilarious. But really the main event, and really the only thing that you really need to know about 205 was Gallagher and Alberto Carrillo. Really good stuff between the two of them. I really like Yes. I love the Good stuff. Very good match from start to finish. You got you got the it got a more technical Umberto. I think that's the thing that, that was a little bit of a surprise there. You didn't get all the aerial stuff of Umberto. You got a lot of tech stuff, which I'm all for. I like that he's a very well-rounded wrestler. He's got he's gonna do big things in, in 205 this year. So all in all, it was a really good match from start to finish. And it was Umberto getting the pin. On Gallagher, so he's 2-0 against Jack, and he shook hands afterward, but it was all love from start to finish. Really well done. Now to the NXTs. First, we're going to keep it uh, American, and we're going to keep it stateside. The NXT this week, good one-on-one uh, running back match between Bianca Belair and Mia Yim. Solid stuff all around. I think this is better than their first match. Ultimately, it was Mia using the hair against Bianca to get the pin. And basically give Bianca her first pinfall loss on NXT, I do believe. Remember when Shayna beat her, Shayna uh, beat her by submission both times. <clears throat> then we get to the main thing that happened here. We got a couple of good promos. One from Velveteen and Breeze. One from Cole Gargano, too. Really good stuff there. Kushida Drew Gulak. Kushida Gulak was a good tech match. Another good technical style match. Uh, ultimately, it was Kushida getting this, the, uh, the win on Gulak. But it was a good tech match all along. It looked like Gulak really controlled a lot of the pace until Kushida closed the deal and won it to their end. Gulak was not happy about that. So it seemed like they, they may run it back later on. I'm all for that. I like, I like that. We get to the main event, which was uh, the Brent Ambrollers versus Forgotten Sons in a two-on-two. It really wasn't even a match. It lasted maybe two, three minutes until Reichner got involved. He got ejected. Once he got ejected, the Street Profits got involved and jumped Reichner. And they came down to the ring to, to fight the other two tag teams that were in the ring at the time. So it was just mass chaos. Undisputed Era then comes now after Forgotten Sons lay out Street Profits with chairs. Undisputed Era comes out and, and jumps Reichner. And then it becomes a four-on-two situation, beating up the – basically a four-on-four situation, but Undisputed Era controlling all, all the – basically on a power play and dominating the whole, situ, the, the whole scene. Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish would do their thing. Adam Cole, they, they set up a ladder – after they jumped right there one more time with the ladder twice and basically saying Undisputed Era is going to dominate the evening. So Undisputed Era closed the show with Cole on top of the ladder and everybody else doing the, doing the Undisputed Era sign on, around, or in front of said ladder. <clears throat> NXT UK now. UK was very solid. You got Ono versus Gallagher. Good one-on-one right there. Good tech stuff right there. And a little bit of controversy Ono won with a spinning back elbow, but Gallagher's feet were clearly under the bottom rope, and really, they really need to have another a rematch between the two. I save the I'm gonna save the best part for last because we're both gonna obviously go go nuts on this. The main event of UK was I mean Gallus did a thing in a tag match, really no, nothing really to, to worry about there. The main event was Tony Storm versus Nina Samuels, solid. Nina Samuels was productive. Not quite ready for that life in terms of a championship, but she looked productive. Tony Storm ultimately get it done with the, with the Storm Zero, but it's a good physical match between the two. I like it. Good job. Next week we have 
Fatal Four Way. Next week's the Fatal Four Way with Joe Coffey, the Irish Ace, Jordan Devlin. We got Mastiff involved, and we got Travis Banks. And the winner is going to get a shot at Walter. Speaking of which, we got a new crew. We mentioned last week how, how Walter, Eichner, and forgetting so Bartel. Yep, the Bartel had basically joined up and became a crew. They started and they, they opened the show this week, kind of explaining how they plan on taking over NXT and how they, they plan on being the standard bearers. Pete Dunn wasn't having it. So Pete Dunn came to, came to the stage and he didn't come alone. He came with his boys. Yes, those boys. British Strong Style is back. And the three of them, they rushed the ring and it was on. It was to the point where the cameraman got taken out. It was that kind of it was that kind of serious. So this three, this this six-man rumble between these two teams are gonna throw they're gonna throw down in two weeks. So we got the main events coming galore in NXT UK. We got we got the Fatal Four Way next week, and then you got the six-man tag that I'm absolutely looking forward to. And I know you're looking forward to it uh in two weeks on NXT UK. That's your week in WWE, but we got takeover to preview. Takeover to preview indeed. Um, first, I wanted to wrap some loose ends on best of Super Juniors. Um, there are two men left in each block. We're going into the final shows at Sumo Hall. Um, Shingo has 16 points. Taiji Ishimori has 14 points in the A block. Those are the only two people that are alive. Dragon Lee has 12. Marty Scarl has 10. Show has eight, Gresham has eight, Tiger Man has four, Teton has four, Kanemaru has four, and Taka Mishinoku has zero. Will Ospreay and Ryskate Taguchi are going to face off on the final B block night to, to decide determine. that block. Decide that block. Osprey, yeah. Osprey and Taguchi have 12. Phantasma and Robbie Eagle has to have 10. Yo has 10. Bushi has 10. Bandito, eight. Rocky Romero, six. Doki, two. And Renneri to zero. But NXT TakeOver 25. I can't believe we're at 25 TakeOvers already. (laughs) The time has gone. So let's let's take it match by match. First up, we've got the... we got Strong versus Riddle. This is the only match of the five that's not a championship at stake. So Strong versus Riddle. Yes. I think Matt Riddle's going to win. I think this could be a night for Undisputed Era to... I'm I'm torn. I'm thinking this could be a night for Undisputed Era either dominates or goes 0-3. I'm going to go with Riddle. Strong Strong doesn't seem to win a takeover. It's not most of them, except for when he was tag champion with O'Reilly. I'm going to go with with Riddle to bounce back after losing the Velveteen Dream at the last takeover event. Speaking of which, Velveteen is going to fight Tyler Breeze in... I think it's a match that's kind of a mirror images of each other. Let's face it, Breeze was, was Velveteen before Velveteen. One of the spotlight, arrogant and pompous, very vain, very vain in his, his style, but could get it done in the ring in a very unorthodox kind of way. I'm going to yeah. go Velveteen. I think it's going to be a very good match from start to finish. I think um, Velveteen's going to win. That's for the North American Championship. I think it'll be a, a very good match from, uh, from start to finish. To the women. And we're going to get Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai. One thing I did not mention from NXT this week, Io did an did a, uh, interview. Well, actually, really, both parties did. But really, Io's was the one that was, was the more telling. As Candice LeRae kind of interrupted the interview and to thank her for basically saving her skin because Candice was getting jumped three-on-one before Io showed up with a candlestick. 
So Candace basically vowed that she's going to have Eels back. Basically, still making it a three-on-two situation, but at least Eels not alone in, in, the, in this match. It's EO and the reign of Shayna Baszler. I think EO Shirai wins. I actually do too. I actually think EO. I actually think EO wins. Shayna's had an excellent reign, and she's had an excellent run of being the most dominant woman in NXT since Asuka. And, but I think ultimately this run's got to end at some point. Uh, I think it's EO's time uh, to take the reins from Shayna. Tag team championships. The Fatal Four Way Ladder Match. We've got Street Profits, Forgotten Sons, Undisputed Era's Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish. And we got the Britain Brawlers of, of Danny Burris and Oni Lurkin. I think it's Street Profits time. I honestly think that they've been the hottest team. They've been the most popular amongst the, amongst the four. They've been rolling since the start of the year. I'm going Street Profits. Yeah, I'm going Street Profits too. Gargano Cole. Gargano Cole too. Two things. One, do they po- can they possibly top one? And two, who wins? Um, I think Cole wins. I do want to see Cole's um, champion. I really do. I really want to see Cole as champion. He'd be so good as NXT champion. I'm going to go that route, too. I think Adam Cole gets it done. There'll be some shenanigans. Undisputed there. I'm almost counting on them and Riddle to get involved. But ultimately, I do think it'll be Cole. And the NBA Finals are tonight. Who do you think's winning the series? I'm going to go Golden State in five. I, th- I think a non-healthy Durant is going to be interesting. Durant's not playing game one. They've already mentioned that. If Toronto's going to have a real shot to win the series, they must win tonight. Because if Golden State gets home court advantage even tonight, Toronto's in deep, deep trouble. My worry here is, will Toronto have somebody that can counteract Clay Thompson? Kawhi can counteract Steph. And is going to have to guard Steph and or Clay pretty much the entire series. Can anyone counteract the other Splash Brother? Unless they're, unless they're cold. That's the question. Yes, Steph has been mostly cold in these NBA Finals that they've been in. But there's got to be a time. There's got to be a time where Steph gets hot and, and will eventually win a Finals MVP. If he's if ever he's gonna do it, it's now for Steph Curry to win a Finals MVP. Golden State will win in five. I go Golden State in six. Okay. And the other big series right now is the Stanley Cup Finals between the Bruins and the Blues. Boston won Game One, four to two. They got a, it was a good game from start to finish, even though the Blues scored. Uh, twice to take the lead. Boston took it back and then won it with a, with a goal and then scored an empty netter to get the uh, to get the job done in game one. Game two, uh, both teams alternated goals, making it 2-2 to go to OT. And then the Blues finally get it done. St. Louis gets a win in the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in their history. They went to three straight finals in their first three years of existence, but went 0-12 in the finals. So they finally get a win in, uh, on this round. Game three, Saturday night in St. Louis. <clears throat> that building should be live. I'm going to go Boston in six, but I think it's going to be a very good series for the rest of the way. I'll go Blues in seven. Okay. Ooh, Blues in, Blues in seven in Boston. Ooh, okay. I like that. So that's uh, that's the main stuff that's happening this week. And we'll- I think we got some matches to watch. Yes, we'll take a break first and then watch some matches for our Power Slam TV sponsor. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. 
And we're back. Those are our good friends at powerslam.tv. I have that service and it's very good. Over 5,000 hours of independent and wrestling and shoot interviews. Very good stuff there. Nice. You can use that promo code mentioned in the, uh, in the, uh, to get 30 days for free. Use the promo code in the commercial and you get a month free. All that content. Yeah. You can spend all, all kinds of time. Watching that, watching wrestling. If you got a free weekend, just use it on Power Slam. Yes, but we have some ourselves. Yep. So we're going to continue the top 100 matches of all time countdown. So where, where are we going back? Where are we going back in this time machine, because We are going back to 2018. Gargano versus Almas, and then we go to All Japan in July of 1994 for the Triple Crown Championship. Mitsuharu Masao comes in as the champion versus Dr. Death Steve Williams in Budokan Hall. In a sold-out Budokan Hall, 16,300 super no vacancy. Mm. We're going to watch Gargano Almas first, just to keep in transparency to the list. And whenever you're ready. Mm -hmm. Let's go. And go. So you were in the building for this when NXT TakeOver finally came to Philly. What was the building like? Buzzing. Buzzing as almost is doing his mariachi entrance. Buzzing. It was already a good takeover. Mm-hmm. Because we had the uh, Cole Black, which was... The Extreme Rules match. Extreme Rules match. What else was on that card? We had Ember Shana won. That was a really good match. Ember Shana won, uh, which was Ember winning the Ember basically stealing the match without using the Eclipse to win it as the last move. And then Shana jumped, Shana snapped. I remember during when they did the intros, obviously Ember was the face, where they say Ember was from Dallas, Texas, and the building snapped and booed her. It was what I thought was great. It, it made perfect sense because Dallas. And as for those who don't know, Eagles don't like Philly don't like Dallas too much. It has nothing to do with the city. Strictly, it's football. It's a football thing. Are we talking Eagles and Cowboys? Philly don't like the Cowboys. Anyway, ALP versus Undisputed Era. I know it was a, it was a tag match. O'Reilly and Fish retained. This, this is obviously before Roddy joined the group. And the Velveteen Dream beat Cassizono what was a solid one-on-one. Yes. Overall, good takeover. But this match put it over the top. This matchup, yes. Almost is... The champion coming mm-hmm. into this. After he beat Drew McIntyre at TakeOver War Games. Basically yeah. Drew McIntyre's last match in NXT. Now, now we're on the subject of TakeOver 25. What are your, some of your favorite... Other than this, give me your favorite TakeOver matches. No particular order. Just like just, just throw out like what are some of your favorite TakeOver matches. Uh, from our evolution. That match still holds up. Which one is this? Zane Neville. Oh, Zane Neville. Okay, okay. The one where Zane won the title. Got you. That was story. Um, what else? Obviously, Gargano Cole. Yep, yep. Gargano Cole was was amazing in New York. Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate. That's my favorite of NXT of takeovers. That's my favorite of the takeovers is Dunne Bate. Incredible from start to finish. In the entrance, Rebel Heart, this Rebel Heart. You know, I just love wrestling. It, it, yeah. There's some. There are moments, and what the beautiful thing about wrestling is, there are instances 
where you can kind of just get lost in it and just just let the match happen. This is certainly one of those instances, and all these, and that's what the beauty of takeover. We you get at least one every takeover where it's like you don't care who wins, you just want you just get lost in it and just let it happen, just let it ride. That's the beautiful thing about takeovers. You, you yeah. always get one. That's like, my God, this is awesome. Okay, so I was thinking about this yesterday, uh, about this topic I, I brought up here. And I just told you my favorite of Dunn versus Bate in Chicago. The two out of three falls in Toronto. DIY versus Revival. Yeah. yeah. That, that was dope. Bailey Sasha well, in yeah. Brooklyn. Uh, the takeover Brooklyn. They basically broke the internet because of the four horse woman thing. Although that uh, that's an awesome one. Gargano and Champa in Chicago. I know you like, like New Orleans better, but uh, I'm, I like the Chicago one better, which which I thought was, I thought that was awesome. Alistair Velveteen, the, the match that really put them both on, especially Velveteen Dream, because we kind of knew Alistair was coming, but that match put Velveteen on, on another stratosphere. That was the night you told me that you, like you called me after after that match and you told me like that's you you even saw Velveteen's a star. Uh, that, that was that was the that was the night that really I think flipped a lot of people on Velveteen Dream. Yes. The fatal four way between Breeze, Zayn, Neville, and Kid. That was the match that really put me on NXT and thought, oh man, this is really good. NXT is really dope. That was the match that really did it for me. Was that fatal four way? Where Neville Neville's the champion and he has three best challengers coming for him. That was the one that put that was the one that put me over the top on NXT. Honestly, other matches: the six man ladder match in New Orleans. Yeah. That, that was that was dope, <laughs> and where Cole wins the title, and other matches that come to mind. Zane, yeah, you I agree with you, Zane and um Zane and Neville. That was a great story, and obviously Kevin Owens is doing his Kevin Owens things. Ballard Joe in Dallas, and what was it was dope. Revival versus American Alpha. I can watch yeah. the second. I can watch the, the takeover at the end one. I can watch that one all day. How uh, consider how good that match was, but the rivalry as a whole was outstanding. Revival vs. Alpha. So there, there's so many great NXT. I'm, obviously, when this is done, I'm going to go back and watch NXT stuff. We got matches to talk about. All right, so we're doing an exchange and the standoff. This is the third match that they had against each other in about six months' time. Almost yeah. won the first two. Almost won the first two, and both were classics. Really, the first one, the first one they did was in Brooklyn, and that one was amazing. And it started the show. But nobody saw that coming to being that great. And it really started almost as rise to being at, to get to the NXT championship. And it kind of told the story of Gargano being in a slump since DIY broke up. And obviously Ciampa tore his ACL. So they couldn't do anything with Ciampa. And what we're getting right now is that the match is kind of just started. We got a wrist lock by Gargano. And Gargano's kind of controlling the pace on Almas. Almas trying to get away. He reverses it. Standing switch. And now Almas with a go behind. As he's got waist control, Almas does. Almas is waiting. Ch- uh, Gargano's trying to uh, get free and free and free the wrist. Selena Vega, by, uh, obviously at ringside uh, for this whole deal. We'll, we'll, we'll hear from. We'll see Selena later. And we got, we got the side headlock, and then we got the head scissor, and another take over here by Almas. Gargano immediately reverses it into a head scissors. Almas immediately reverses that. Just two. Great, to, almost very underrated with the tech skill, almost with the standoff, and, and that's how we're going with this. That, that's the speed. That's the speed they went at for the first two, 
And the first two were great. That's Candice LeRae there. Uh, for those who don't know, obviously Johnny Gargano's wife at ringside posted up watching all, all this happen. The crowd in Philly, for those who may not remember, was live pretty much the whole night, but they were absolutely live for this. Pretty much from bell to bell. Um, Almost Gargano continuing to fill each other out. And they're going to lock up. And to the, back to the side headlock by Almas. Almas gets thrown off the ropes by Gargano. Shoulder tackle by Almas. Almas goes back to the ropes. Jumps over Gargano. Oh, nope. Gargano thought a leapfrog was coming. It was not. Almas going for the hammerlock DDT right away. Nope. Gargano going for the Gargano escape right away. Nope. Get counter. No. Control. Hammerlock DDT. Nope. Good text. And going back to the Gargano escape. Nope. Almas with the roll up. Nope. Counters galore, and then we get another standoff. This crowd is live. As both guys yeah. go to retreat to a corner. I was very live throughout the whole thing. Now I'm going to guess the crowd was pro- was very pro Gargano. Yes. Because I think everyone wanted to see Gargano win the title at, at this point. Gargano to get here, I believe, won a fatal four-way to get to this spot. I'm trying to think who was in it. It was him, Alistair, Lars Sullivan, and then who was the fourth? As, as they go off the ropes, Hurricane Rana? Hurricane Rana by Gargano. And a dropkick by Gargano. On drag. Go work on drags. And he's, now he's got, he's got arm control. As he's got the elbow. He's got his knee basically jammed in the, in the side of Gargano's face. Of uh, almost his face. Who was the fourth? Let's see. It was Alistair. I know it was Alistair who he pinned. Lars, I know, was in the match. I'm trying to think who was the fourth. I'm very sure it was a fatal four-way. That's right, yeah. Well, uh, no, I thought Velveteen was hurt. What? He wasn't? Oh, well, well, I, I don't think it was Vel- I don't think it was Velveteen. I know Velveteen faced Gargano. It was a really good match the following week. But I don't think Velveteen was in the Fatal 4-Way. I think it was supposed to be and, and was hurt or something. The point is, it was a really good... Fa- oh, it might have been Killian Dane. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It was because Killian Dane killed in the War Games. So I think that's why... Ooh, good job by Elmas. Uh, <laughs> Killian Dane killed in the War Games. I think that's why he was put in the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Killian Dane. The whole thing was, was Dane and Lars. That was that was the whole thing was was about Dan and Lars and basically like who was the baddest big dude on the on the on the block in NXT at the time. I think that's why they did that. Right. So yeah, it was it was Dan. It was killing Dan. Nice overhand palm chop to the chest of Gargano. Now Almas has control of the match, and we're gonna see Almas get kicked in the face. Gargano goes to work. Hurricane Rana from the t- from the second row. And then Gargano, clothesline, Almas to the outside. Almas lands on his feet, as he's got incredible agility, as we all know. Gargano about to go to work. Nope. Lands on his feet. Pops him up to the the apron. Almas backflips off. Oh, missed twice. Super kick to to the jaw from the apron. And now Gargano is preparing to go to work. Gargano's thinking about it, doing stuff, and splat. No water in the pool for Johnny Gargano. He lands back first onto the floor. Almas basically threw him down. And this was all right in front of his wife, by the way. 
Yes. Let's, let's, let's also keep that in mind. His wife is right there. I think his dad was sick, which is why his dad. They they mentioned it. Uh, Ronaldo mentioned it uh, for for the, the takeover match of the cover and a kick out. He, he mentioned this right before the takeover war game, the takeover match with Cole that his father wasn't sick or was sick uh, and couldn't be in Philly for this because uh, he he has he has some issues to deal with in the hospital or something. Well, the good is that he got to see the, the championship win in New York. Anyway, back to this. Almost a nice clean stop for the back. Almost really dominating the pace right now. See what Almas does next. Nice forearm by Gargano. Left left-handed, left-armed forearm, if you will. Gargano, nope. Tranquilo! And Almas hooks the arm and it gets caught with the other forearm. Almost blocks that. Got a nice choke, nice reverse chokehold on the on the top rope. Almost does break before the five count. Almost goes to work. Kick to the back of the head. Which, there, there will be a theme in this match uh, that we're going to talk about throughout the entire match here. Almost aimed for the head the entire time. There will be more on this later. Like right now, when there's a sleeper hold. With said sleeper hold, which is obviously very much legal considering the, the arms on the chin, Gargano's in the middle of the ring, and there's really not much he's doing right now to try to break it up. Not, not because of lack of trying, just because he's just not able to do it. Gargano's face is already red, and the match is, what, five, six, seven minutes old? You can see Gargano kind of gasping for air at this moment in time, uh, and during the, still in the middle of this hold. Gargano now is getting back to his feet, or trying to, but almost locks it in even deeper, and this time he's got the pressure of his back on the Gargano. Gargano's still gasping for air. Not quite Gargano escape-like, but it's, it's still it's a very good lock. It's very much locked in. Almost has it in very, very deep. Gargano trying to feed off of the crowd. Gargano getting to his knees. And elbow to the gut. Made it twice. And then releases the grip. Body slant. Nope, counter. Almost countered that. Gargano trying to go for a suplex, but on the back. Gives out. Gargano lands on his feet at the reverse suplex time. Roll through. Almost could not block the kick. I apologize for not speaking for the last few minutes. Um, my dad uh, called me. Hmm. Almost, did, almost did block the kick. Or did not block the kick. And now Gargano's got a little bit of control. Almost reverses the Irish whip. Almost gets catapulted out of the corner. It's a great blocked. Almost caught Gargano. And now Gargano's trapped. Gargano's oh, trapped. No. Gargano's trapped in the tree of woe. Gargano trying to get back, trying to pull himself up using that core strength. Almas is set as the arm. Oh, Almas rolls through, misses the stomp, and he gets suplexed in the, it's in the middle of his leg, hits the top turnbuckle. It hurts. Yeah, that does hurt. But Gargano could not get the pin off that as both men are down in the middle and towards the corner of the ring. You can see Almas land on his feet. He rolls through, and then Gargano really just kind of does an overhead throw to Almas into the turnbuckle, which has certainly slowed down Almas' pace. One thing Almas does, Almas has excellent pace. Almas yeah. will, <laughs> will be busy next weekend. He'll face Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship in Saudi. Both men trading forearms. Now Gargano basically applying all the forearms. And a clothesline that doesn't take him off his feet. Well, make it twice. I think we should have previewed the Saudi show because... We'll be able to do it next week. But our show is going to be released on Friday. Oh, good point. 
No, we can, we can do we'll, we'll double back. We'll do it after. Nice diving forearm by, by Gargano. Yep, so we are going to preview. Oh, jumping pay dirt, if you will. One, two, looks like kick out. While you're doing commentary. What's up? We can just preview it right now because I don't really care about this show. All right, so Saudi Super Showdown. So what we know right now, uh, Lars Sullivan's going to end up destroying Lucia House Party. Some For some reason, the three of them want to fight him in a three-on-one handicap match. Large obliged. Lars is going to rip their all their heads off. So you probably we won't miss much there. We've got Intercontinental Championship, Finn Balor versus Andrade, Cien Almas. Tranquilo again. This time Gargano avoids that. I'm going to go Almas here. I need Almas to win this match, even though it's going to be Demon Finn. Ooh, Slickside Spear. Love that Slickside Spear by Gargano. One, two, and a kick out. We've got the WWE Championship, Kobe versus Dolph. I think Kobe will retain, but it'll be a very good match. Which I believe this is Dolph's first one. No, it's not his first one-on-one for the title. No, he's, he's had several in the past. Uh, we've got Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Pretty sure if Corbin wins, D. Cooks will probably start a riot. I don't think he does. But I'm pretty sure you'll start a riot if Corbin wins. Yes. Not nice. a great But one in my head. There's going to be an all-time rant coming next uh, in two weeks from now. If uh, if two weeks from now is gonna be an all time rant coming on this program if Corbin wins, so if you want D Cooks yelling, want yelling loud enough where you have to turn down the volume on your speakers, you're gonna cheer for Corbin next week. Just saying. And finally, a match that a lot of not a lot of people really want to see is Taker and Goldberg, which I have no doubt will main event. Oh, also Triple H and Randy Orton. Before we get to that, Triple H Randy Orton. Which I think will be a decent match, but I think I think Randy will win. Beautiful double moonsault by Almas. That'll be boring. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, we're not going to get anything we haven't seen before between Triple H and Randy. Quite honestly, Orton will, Orton will probably win, but I don't think we're getting anything out of the ordinary here. And in the main event, fifty-man battle royal. Right, right. Obviously, uh, Strowman and then Strowman and Lashley, which I think Strowman will win. And then the then the main event, of, which I'm sure will close the show, will be Goldberg and, uh, and Undertaker. Because you know, versus the Lucha House Party is happening on this show too. Lucha's gonna rip, get ripped apart by Lars Sullivan. <laughs> I, I think we've established that. Yeah, I'm bored by this show. Ooh, nice spinning! I Not love the big kick the spinning back elbow that almost does. It's so good. And that caught Gargano clean too. And Gargano follows up with a clothesline. One, two, and a kick out. No. I love that fake spinning back elbow that almost does. It's so good. Because both guys hit clotheslines and it hit strikes and take each other down. But yeah, the main event, well, I'm sure will be Triple H Goldberg. And I'm sure I fully, I'm not Triple H Goldberg, uh, Taker Goldberg, and I fully expect Taker to win. That was a nice super kick by by Gargano uh, there. There are three wrestlers right now who have either refused or 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 are not allowed to participate in this event. Mm-hmm. 
You know um, the one that's not allowed to participate? That's Sami Zayn. Alistair Black's also not allowed to participate. And uh-huh. Owen refused to work the show because He's of Sami. Sammy. And then we had to end. I would fully expect Dana Bryan not to go. Because yeah. Dana Bryan, Dana Bryan effectively didn't go to the last one. And I think he did it because like he didn't like the uh, the way that they were treating relations. Um, so I think that's why Dan Bryan just basically protested, I'm not going to this. And Dan Bryan, I, I'm sure, won't go to this show coming up. So I, I fully expect Dan Bryan not to go either. That's four big names and all of them on SmackDown that, that, pro- that won't go to this. I'm sure. This is also including the women who won't, who won't be allowed to go. Also includes the women, yes. So, so that's why you'll see no Selena. That's why there's been no mention of anything Becky, Lacey, Charlotte, or Becky, or, or Bailey. Uh, that's why you see no mention of the Iconics, none of that. So you won't see any of the women involved. In fact, may, really the only woman that may be involved at all, maybe Renee Young on commentary, but that's about it. Meanwhile, Almas hits with the double knees and hits them clean. <laughs> and then Almas runs it back and misses the second time. This is where this match gets hot. Oh, get take get my Almas. Oh, nice. Plants him on the knee and then plants him onto, onto the canvas. Almost going nice spinning reverse DDT off the second rope. Almost hooks the leg and a kick out. But yeah, again, yeah, the speed of this match ramps. And one thing we've learned from both these guys, both these guys thrive in terms of speed. And the crowd is already getting hype, as you as you can see. At this point in the match, we're like, where are you? Like, have you lost your mind completely? Like, just just going eight for, for these two? Yes. I think you vote. I remember you voted this. I believe you said this was your match of the year last year. Yes, it was. Which I do not fault you for that, considering how good this match actually was and the fact that you were there to see it live and in person. If I wasn't there live, I probably would have voted for Omega Okada. Mm. Which we'll be getting to much, much later. Yes. We'll go for that spin. Let's go for the hammerlock DDT on the apron, but Gargano blocks and it catches knee to the face for his efforts. Almost the fireman's carry. His, his elbows in the face and a right hand's being thrown. Let me see my guy in the purple and white suit in the, in the background. A smack, then insiguri. My guy in a macho man outfit. You see, you see, bro, in the, in the background. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice suit. Do, do just for the occasion. I'm, I'm all for it. Oh, slingshot DDT under the apron. And both guys crumble to the ground. Both guys are crumbling to the ground. Almost took the brunt of that, and that hurts. On June 5th is John Moxley is going to face Juice Robinson. Nice. So John Moxley has the contract that will let him work in New Japan. I did understand. Yeah, I did understand that he was uh, allowed. He signed a multi-year deal with AEW, but it gives him the freedom to work in uh, in indie shows and other shows of that ilk. The Moxley's going to go in on very wow. He's going to be wrestling. And on Maggie. What's up? Sort of the contracts that Jericho and Omega signed. Understandable. That's reasonable. I think it's. I think it's a good look for Moxley. He, he catapulted himself to being an incredibly household name based on what how he debuted in AEW. It's a good deal. Good deal for Moxley to do that. How about that? He's going to be the the first. Obviously, this new company, but he'll be able to wrestle in AEW, WWE, and New Japan in the span of three months. Yes. Because last match in WWE was like two weeks after WrestleMania. 
obviously the match that's coming, and it's obviously going to be AEW. Uh, AEW matches shortly oh, thereafter. I put the poll in against. Actually, he's already announced for Fighter Fest against Joey Janela. That should be good as well. As Almas has now got Gargano back in the corner and gets clothesline for his efforts, or, or Almas flips. Gargano goes back to work. He's going for the lawn dart. Hits successfully. Ow. That hurt. Ow. And now Gargano's got momentum. Gargano's got momentum. How's he going to do it? Oh, he's bringing it back in the DIY days. Meanwhile, Selena gets involved. Oh, nice drop kick. And the left foot right out of the top of the head. Nope, oh, small package. Gargano with a roll through. And the kick out. Super kick. Nope, block. Super kick to the gut. And now, almost, and now Gargano goes to work. Super kick clean to the jaw. Gargano with the hook of the leg. And the kick out. And the crowd, as you can tell, is fully invested in this now. I'm like, holy shit, I'm in a in the arena for a classic. That exchange is what did it. Okay. I'm, and I'm, I'm watching this from a TV perspective. I'm captivated because I'm like, how much more can these two do to each other for this match to end? I'm just fully captivated on it. I was like, are you kidding me? I can't believe he did that. It was that kind of thing that was happening. And that, yeah. I, that's, that's where I was. That, that's what I'm thinking at this moment in time. They, they take it, and Gargano's taking so many shots to the head. I'm like, how do you know what city you're in? How do you know if you're in Philly, Pittsburgh, or Portland right now? How do you know what's going on here? And right. Almas is, is, is taking all this, this onslaught from Gargano. I'm like, how much energy do you possibly have? But they keep going, which is pretty much that's the theme of this rivalry. You keep going. And you up the, the, the both guys up the ante as Gargano gets caught on the outside. Both guys basically up the ante throughout these three matches. Not really the fourth one, but they really up the ante on the first three. It was like, how much more can we do here? And Almas is doing something that's either really, really bold or really, really dumb. And I'm going to go with both. As, as he does the stomp from inside top rope, Gargano hung up on the apron. Almas basically sends himself to the floor. Because gravity, and he still hits Gargano clean in the chest, and then all oh, the back of his head hits the apron, and his entire back hits the, the LED board, and then almost goes to work. He continues to ram his head in the back of the LED board. Gargano playing no defense on the matter, and it's a and Gargano's eyes are glazed like those donuts his father sold. It is not pretty. It, it is not a good look. But that's the point of it. Gargano took all this abuse and punishment. Like, why? How are you not dead or unconscious? Oh, and the double, the double knees kind of verifies the situation. He down. In theory, he'd be out. But he's not. And the crowd is loving this. And the crowd is like, are you kidding me? And Gargano's got a bloody mouth, but he's like, are you... The, the fans are like, are you kidding me? How are you still conscious? Because almost basically had to kill him and still couldn't get him down for three. And Gargano keeps going. I think that the beauty of this match is its simplicity. How much can Gargano take? How much can almost dish out? Both answers were given here. And that's the that's the beautiful thing about this match. As Gargano is is kind of dead weight. I use the term kind of loosely. And he's trying to, to, to do I, stuff. It was not kind of. He was definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He used the term kind, I use the term kind of loosely. As he goes to the ref, 
And like the ref's thinking about stopping it. I don't blame him. But if Gargano's like, no, no, don't do that. Almost to his feet. And Gargano somehow throws a left hand and it holds up by his hair and throws another left. Almost think of the energy almost had to spend to exert that much offense to try to, to try to destroy Gargano. That's the other part about this deal. As the open hand basically slaps to the face. Kellogg's Max part is good breakfast. As, as he, he just repeatedly slaps almost in the face. Both guys still on their feet. Almost returns in kind. And that hurts. And super kick by Gargano. Reverse Rondas! And he lands at the top of his head. Somehow Gargano is in this match. And the crowd is fully invested. Skull, but a head scissors, which he normally turns to Gargano escape. He does get the arm. He does get the off arm. And now, he's got the, now he's got the second. He's got the hook. And now he's got it clean. Center of the ring. Almost desperately trying to get to the ropes. He's desperately trying to maneuver with his feet to the ropes. And still not there. Still not there. Um, Gargano holding on. Almost trying to roll through. Gargano rolls through. And he still has the hole locked in deep. Almost is fighting with everything. Selena's trying to, to grab him. And, he, and she does. The ref sees it. Which makes Gargano break up the hold. Great distraction by Selena Vega, who really, this was her calling card with this was her party. It really was. But sure, she got involved in other matches to help Ole Miss. But this was the one that really made her stand out as a really good manager. Oh, as, as Ole Miss gets back dropped onto the floor. And Gargano goes to work. Tommy Suicida going onto the back of Ole Miss. He gave him the back of the head. And he throws it back in the ring. And then Selena goes to work with a hurricanrana. And then as Gargano literally flies into the steel steps face first, which gives Almas a chance to try to finish Gargano off again. Almas rolls Gargano in the ring. Ready. Hammerlock. D, D, T. Oh, this landing. Oh, I forgot about the landing. He landed neck first. And he kicks out. Oh. I forgot about that landing on the DDT. That looks so that looked so awkward. Almost hit it clean, but he landed on his neck. And you can listen to the crowd, and you were a part of it. It, it was it was that live. Like the it felt like the whole building, and I've been in that building many a times. It felt like the whole building. What well, was all lockstep, all at one. Absolutely going amazing for, for this match. And it, it's a, I can't believe, at that point, even looking back at it, the way Almas hit him with a DDT and the sequence that happened beforehand, I, I couldn't believe Gargano kicked out of that. I couldn't believe he kicked out of that. After all the punishment he took, and now, and now, Basically, Selena Vega is basically like, okay, I'm not finished the job yet. And then what a tackle by Candice LeRae. And Candice LeRae spazzes on, on Selena, and the building goes nuts. Yeah, we went nuts for this. Well, Sparkle Center snapped, and as Candice takes it to Selena, forearms and right hands and right hands and forearms. Because Selena was involved in the first two, Candice wasn't there. So it, it was this was very refreshing to see Candice. Basically, chase Lena out of out of the arena, 
and into the back area there. And now we get a, a true one-on-one conclusion. And then the fans literally chanted, thank you, Candace, as, as it happened. Because we wanted to see a conclusive winner. We needed this classic to have a conclusive finish. And now we're going to get that conclusive finish. Can almost win without Selena Vega? That was the that's the important question we need to know here. That's the important question that needed to be answered, and now we're, we're going to get a conclusive answer to it. Insiguri by Gar- Gargano, slingshot DDT by Gargano. Gargano hooks the leg and a kick out. Almost wouldn't stay down. Almost just could not stay down. But he's going for the Gargano escape, and he's locked it in. Gargano escape is locked in. How does Almas counter this without the help of Selena? Inquiring minds need to know. Everyone's like, tap, tap, tap. But Almas got his foot to the ropes, using his long, lanky frame to get to the ropes and force Gargano to break the hold. This roller coaster ride of a match continues. That's what it was a roller coaster ride. Almas is trying to get to the apron and he rolls out of the ring, which is probably the smartest thing he could have done in this match. Where he's literally basically face down on the apron. Gargano chases him. And now what does Gargano do? Oh, Gargano hits the back of the head of the LED board. And we know it's the ring post. I think we both know what's coming next. And I think this is not going to end well for Gargano. Almas on the opposite corner. Oh, hits those knees. And there's nowhere for Gargano to go. Knees meet Gargano's face. Back on Gargano's head meets turnbuckle. Love Gargano's faces. Gargano is out and out cold. Gargano's basically out on, on his back. Like he, he don't know where Gargano doesn't know where he's at at this moment in time. He is gone. Dude is absolutely he's basically like the, the lights are on, but nobody's home in Gargano's head right now. That's effectively what happened here. Alm is realizing I have to finish you. I have to finish you now where you don't know where you are. Almas basically pulls Gargano. And Gargano is dead weight. There's no, basically, there's no kind of, he's dead weight at this moment in time. And, oh, it takes that, another hammer-like DDT. This time a hanging version. Gargano's head hits the canvas. And there's your three. Almost couldn't even hook a leg. It didn't even matter. Gargano didn't know where he was. He is down and he was out. And almost yeah. retains in the incredible NXT Championship match. And then we have the All Japan Triple Crown Championship from 1994. Mitsuharu Masao in one corner. He's the champion. Dr. Death Steve Williams, the challenger. You ready? Yep, let's go. Let's. Three, two, one. Go. That's mm-hmm. Johnny Ace right there. Who's what? That was Johnny Ace, the blonde-haired dude. Nice. 
Both guys in the ring here. This is in a sold-out Budokan Hall. Sold-out Budokan Hall. And we see the, we see the, the ref hold up the belt. I don't know who that is. Or really, it's not even the ref. I think it was the... It's not the ref or the timekeeper. Is that the ring announcer, I guess? Oh, not the ring announcer. Oh, yeah, it's the ring announcer. Ring announcer. Somebody else held up the belts. Anyway. Steve Williams. And the streamers are in. The streamers, the streamers. In all, all Japan and New Japan staple. The Williams in the red. We got Misawa in the green. Traditional green and white. And the streamers, they, they made it rain with the streamers. They made, they made it rain with all the streamers in the middle of the ring as everyone clears the streamers out, as, as the refs trying to clear them out. As quickly as possible, so we can we can get down to business. Both guys are ready to go. Referee checking the checking Steve Williams right here, checking Miss Allen right here. And we good. All right, and ref gets out the way. Fine. Showtime. And then it's showtime. And it's showtime. So, Williams, both guys getting ready to go. And we're going to get. Nope. Both guys, neither guy wants to rush in. Guys feeling each other out. Nope. No, no guys, neither one's going to rush in. And. Nope, still no lockup. Everyone's kind of just testing the waters here. Both guys testing the waters before they put their before they really dive in. Look like we're going to test. Nope, we're not going to test the strength. And then Williams pushes Masawa back into the corner. Basically, his face against. Nope, clean break. Clean break. The ref gets a clean break. Both guys continuing to feel each other out. And still nothing. Now we get a collar and elbow tie-up. Standing switch. Steve Williams with the go-behind. We got waist control. Oh, both these matches pretty much started the exact same way. And then we get a reversal by Misawa. Misawa now has neck control. Front transfer. Yep, he's got the front transfer on him. Williams ran down to a knee, dropped to a hold. Williams tried to roll through. Masawa rolls away. And a standoff. Both guys get back to their feet. <laughs> it's just a, and then both guys just trading slabs. 
Both conscious trading slaps. And then what a forearm by Masawa. Both conscious traded two slaps apiece. And, no, and neither guy attempted to play defense. As I would say, defense would have been insulting. And then a clean forearm by Masawa. Yes. I love the physicality of 90s all Japan. It, it, it's a beautiful thing, ain't it? Yes. Another carnival tie-up. Side headlock by Masawa. Side, side headlock there. Actually, really, both guys have headlocks on, on the other. But yeah, Masawa's got more leverage. As they get shoved back into the ropes. Clean not break. It. No, not a clean break this time. As, as Williams continues to work over Masawa into the ropes. Forearms to the chest and a forearm to the head by Masawa. And a spinning kick, which it looked like it did catch him pretty catch uh Williams pretty flush. Off the ropes. Nice diving clothesline by Masawa. Nice diving. Good, but he's really athletic. That wasn't, yeah, he's he's more athletic than he looks. And the sleeper hold. Oh, he, he's Williams just trying to. Circle around. Nice counter to the sleeper. Oh, well, it worked for a few seconds. <laughs> as as Masawa still gets the sleeper in. Williams tried to whip him off because of his strength. Williams is... A, is the Both of these guys are big dudes. Williams looks like he's clearly the heavier of the two as he does whip him off. Masawa off. Masawa tries it again. Sleeper again. And this time he's... This time he's got him down, wrestled down to the mat. And he's got the leg scissors. Trying to really restrict the, the airflow, A, and B, where Williams can go. Williams tries to pull the hair, but so far, not, it's not no go. He's maybe an uh, arm's length away from the ropes, at least he was. His legs, are if he pushed a little bit further, he could get to the ropes, but he, he really can't. But he does get the foot over. And we can get a break. Masawa goes to work at the front transfer back on. And he's, like he's trying to control the body of Williams. He's seemingly succeeding. Masawa <clears throat> is trying to control it. Williams is trying to fight it off. Still no. Still no. Williams gets him up, drives him back into the into the turnbuckle. And the lower back hits hard. Hits hard and hits home. Now Williams with that mean scowl. He basically had that scowl on his face pretty much from start to finish. Or from, from the start here. Clubbing blow in the back. A second one. He pulls him back to his feet. And now is in the front transfer of his own. Nope. Stand go behind. Masawa blocks, which could have been a German suplex. But instead, now he's got the leg hooked. Williams does. To get even more. He's really more, more or less. He just grabs him with total waist control. Yeah, he's got uh, just serious waist control, quite honestly. 
And Masawa grabs the ropes. Masawa does get to the rope. But does get a clubbing blow to the, the lower back for his efforts. Ooh. Nice forearm. The block before it was also good. So Salad now has to shake off the cobwebs after he took some debilitating offense for the last minute or so. Let's slap each other a little bit to wake each other up. Yep. Man, Dan Bryant wasn't kidding about that stuff. Remember that promo we did with Cena? Where he talked about it? Where wrestlers would slap each other and they kind of hype each other up? And yes. in some respect, Dan Bryant was not kidding. My guy does his homework. He does his homework. Shoulder, shoulder thrust to the corner as, as Steve Williams now reassumes control. I like that they brought that out in the Bryant scene. Nice dropkick by Steve Williams. Uh, I like that they brought that out in the Bryant scene in match in 2013. I, I thought that was a dope part of the, part of the match. Hook of the leg and a kick out. Good stuff so far. Good stuff so far. Both guys really just trying to weigh each other down. Nice body slam. And it was right to work. Beautiful extension on the leg drop. Did, did he land hip first? Yes, he did. He tried an elbow drop and legit landed hip first on his head. Oh, that hurts. Masala kicked out because he's the very, very tough individual. But, ow, oh, that hurts. And now we got a kind of a, not quite a surfboard, kind of a modified surfboard type of deal here. And now he has wrist control, does Williams. Williams can do so much here if he so chose. He can drive the knees into his back. He, he, can, re he can rear back and kind of go full on surfboard. He, he can basically put his feet into his back and go feet to the back of the head. There's a lot of routes he can go with here. All right. But, but instead, instead, he just, wow, nice roll through. Did he catch him low? That was close. Yeah, they caught him at the bottom of the midsection where he caught Williams low when he rolled through with that kick. Williams is trying to recover in the corner. That 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 caught Williams. That hit Williams. That was close. That was flush. Now uh, it, 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 it was either really close to the uh, either in the midsection where it, it just knocked the wind out of him, or it caught him low. It was close. The point is the match continues. Oh, good catch! What strength! A nice power slam, modified power slam by Williams, and a kick out by Masala. Great catch by Williams. As you as Masala went for a crossbody and got caught. Beautiful counter there. And Williams now goes to work. And now he's got complete control of this match. And Masala is in a lot of pain. I can't say I blame him. And now he's got the chicken wing. Now he's got the uh he's got the arms hooked. You can you can go drag. There's a lot of ways you can go here with this. But instead, he has the arms hooked, and Williams has got now the body scissors. So now you really can't go anywhere. Wow, this would be a really good submission hold, actually. That submission hold holds up even today. You have somebody with enough arm strength to do that and to be able to, to enough leg strength to, to hook it on with body scissors? That's a good submission hold. Basic and simple, but it's effective. Yes. 
He had the arms trap where he could have gone dragon suplex, but he, he instead used it as a submission hold, and I dig it. Good stuff. Nice knife edge chop. More of them. And Masala comes back with forearms. Off the ropes. And nice drop kick. To this day, that move holds up. And then Masala, and then Williams gets catapulted out outside of the ring. Uh, Masawa, what are you about to do? Masawa about to go to work? Go to work. Tofe Suicida. And he goes kind of sort of head first, hence the Suicida part, into the into the steel ramp uh, barricade that is outside of the ring. He's like, I'll shake it off. Masawa is a very, very big individual. And he's the smallest one in this match. And he out here doing tope's in 94. Think about that for a second. Now then, Masawa goes to the top rope. Streamers are now back in the ring. That forearm is also back in the ring as Masawa does such a thing to Williams. Williams covering his head. Speaking of covered, Masawa is also covered. And it, Masawa also covers Williams and a kick out. As people around the ring are trying to clear out the, stream, uh, the streamers, which have creeped themselves back into the ring. The ref doesn't does the same thing. Double underhook. Mm, can't get him up too much of a low, too too low of a base. Lands on his feet. Comes back with a forearm. Does Masawa. Tries the same thing. Nope, gets caught. Beautiful spine buster. And he stacks him up for a pig. Oh, the kick out. Let me see a double A spine buster. I can't, I can't say Triple H because Triple H didn't do those types of spine busters yet. A nice spine buster right there. Arn Anderson and Triple H, maybe. Yep, yep. And that's before Hunter really did, did him as like a full-on one of his bread and butters. Like Hunter was, I think Hunter was doing it, but I don't think it was like a bread and butter yet. Ooh, nice. It was. But Williams kicks out nonetheless. Williams now has control again and throws him out of the ring. Williams throws him out of the ring, and now... Oh, going for the body slam? Mm, where's he going to throw him? Oh, instead he doesn't. He just drives him into the turnbuckle. Or drives him into the post. It's the lower back that, that, it's the lower back that hit the post. And then just shows no regard. As he just lets him drop to the ground. Remember the, the lower back he, that hurt earlier in the match? Williams goes back to it. Smart. Smart decision. And then back in the ring goes Masawa. Not of his own accord. And the hook of the leg. Two and no. Now Williams is wondering, what do I do here? How, how, do, I, how do I figure this out? But instead, not quite an STF, but he definitely has the, the heel 
He, he had it locked on for a moment, but Masawa got to the ropes. Going for Boston. He's, go, he's going for a single leg Boston grab, but Masawa knew what was coming and gets to the ropes. Just not the best ring placement, I would say, for Williams. Double X handle to the back. I like how every hold means something. It does. If resistance is shown. And the defense that both guys are trying to play in the holds. Also nice. Also a very nice touch. It's just simple things that wrestlers today can even use. Yeah, like the hold I was saying earlier. Or or just or just the, the defense and the scramble ability to get out of, of a hold like that. Well, like any of those holds there. And he, his way is to use his, his brute strength and just drive him back first into the turnbuckle and then head first into the top one. Nice forearm as Masawa tries to fight out of the corner. But Williams goes back to the stumps. Williams chases him into the corner after the turnbuckle. Oh, we might do Oklahoma Stampede? Okay. As the former Oklahoma football and wrestler. Did okay, go to the, the corner. That works for me. Nice power slam. Beautiful rotation. And the kick out. That works for me. And that's going for Boston Crab. Or some people will refer to it as the Walls of Jericho. As he kind of has it locked in. But Masawa's too close to the ropes. He's got too much arm. He has too much core strength to get to the ropes. He's getting some beat from the fans. Mm -hmm. Look at the strength of Williams. Brass. Look at his strength. Where is he going to throw him? Masawa lands on his feet, blocks the impact of the turnbuckle, and it comes back with a nice forearm. Now we're back. Back to the cell wall. Back. Yep, yep. The damage he did, A, from the Oklahoma Stampede, and B, from the, the, the post earlier. Nice splash. And he got all of it. Oh, nice splash. Williams got all of it. I think Masawa gets a little bit of momentum and, um, and Williams shuts it down quick. And splash in the corner. He got all of it now to a nice and a perfectly timed bear hug. Working on again, the lower back. Two big dudes with physicality, but psychology at the same time. Love it. And is that that not only does he have the bear hug? Oh, the shoulders are down. Yep. Gotta watch out for that. That bear hug was in and still is in so deep that Masawa was stacked on his shoulders, so he had to fight out of it. He kicked out at one, and now Masawa's going to work with forearms and uppercuts. Nice jumping kick. But Williams is still standing. Another jumping kick. Williams is still standing. <laughs> it just, just tosses him to the ground. <laughs> <Get wrecked. laughs> 
corpse with all of that. And it got tossed right to the ground. Masala for a spinning little kick, it got tossed right to the ground. And Williams goes to work. Well, a lot of right, a lot of rights making Masala beg for a left, and the ref never came. Masala to the ground, and the crowd is not happy that Williams has got the advantage. He just straight tossed you to the ground. There was no hesitation as he caught the kick. Went for a clothesline, but blocked. Um, Standing switch, waves now has waist control and a clothesline to the back of the head. And Masawa then falls outside of the ring and waves assumes control once again. It seems like every time Masawa tries to build offense, he can't. He gets shut down immediately. And, and Waves is holding the ring. Like, come on. Oh, what? Waves going to work? It's like that, Williams. Steve Williams. <laughs> I thought he was just going to wait in the ring and let him come back in. But no, he comes out and does a tope. He didn't even use any momentum. He just, he just don't he just don't do the ropes. Just because. My guy comes out and does a tope. And he hits clean, too. And I think Masala, and I think the impact of it hit Masala in the head. But also, I don't know. It, it just looks like Steve Williams' like, head was made of a brick. It, 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 it basically hit him head on. <laughs> oh, Masala's in so much pain. Masala's in so much pain. My bull's going up top. And Williams is going to the top. He flexed on him a little bit. Nice diving shoulder tackle. Nice diving shoulder tackle. You did mention he went to Oklahoma. Got rich powerbomb. Got rich sit-down powerbomb. And the ref reacted, too. You saw the ref, ref jump in the air as he did it? Got a wrench powerbomb and it's a two. And Steve, and Steve Williams had so much. Again, Masao is in so much pain. The got rich powerbomb. Obviously, landed on, on the lower back. Go for the side suplex. And he hits and connects. Unlike a lot of the headshots that happened in the first match we watched earlier today, this is no, no one's taking that kind of severe of a headshot. That's a good thing. But the back of Masawa is in some serious pain, and that's been the whole. Uh, I think that first head drop. As well. I think we're going to get a head drop soon because because Williams is going for that Saito suplex. And yep. Yep. We know from all Japan matches we watched in the past, they like to land high and tight. Yes, they do. Finally, Masawa gets the better of a situation, and now he's on his feet and going on the offensive. Forearms to the dome piece. Just as clothesline gets blocked. Clothesline gets blocked, and what a jeez, what an elbow. That elbow caught him clean, and then another one. Discus elbow clean to the head. And now you was, wonder where Cassius Ono gets that shit. You're not kidding. <laughs> that roaring elbow right to the dome. He caught him with two, and then that was the two on the kickout. He didn't even hook a, hook a leg either. He, he just... The crowd's like oh. a crescendo. The crowd is hot for this. Yeah, absolutely, the crowd is hot. As Masawa finally can continue a run of offense, he needs to, considering all the, beat, the beating he took. Double underhook. And going for the Tiger Driver. One, two. And a kick out. And a kick out. <laughs> now Masawa's going to the top. 
Going for the frog splash. He lands clean, lands high on the chest and the head. And a kick out. That frog splash was pretty. That was pretty nice. That was a very nice frog splash. Nice senton. High and tight, too. It really was. It was a very nice senton. Back to the top rope he goes. Another one. The hook. Actually, not even a hook. Just you just covered him and kick out. Good match. This is so good. Very much, very entertaining so far. Very entertaining so far. Both guys are completely spent. Both guys are are completely spent. And the match continues. He's going for the Tiger Driver once again. Williams blocks, Williams backdrops. Masawa lands down on his feet but on his knees and then catches a, a forearm. Going for the Sayu suplex. Ooh, man, you mentioned Ouch. the whole tight, right? Ouch. <laughs> tight, right? Ooh. That was, that was, you mentioned that you thought a headshot was coming. You were not wrong. You were very much not wrong. Masawa's down and he's out. And he's out of the ring, too. He's down and he's out. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. He coops didn't warn us that a headshot was coming. He wasn't kidding. A headshot arrived. That looked like that hurt. <laughs> Masawa's down and he's out. He has not moved since he rolled to the outside of the ring. I can't believe he can roll to the outside of the ring. But he is very, very much dead weight right now. Oh, the ref just told him where he was. The ref just told him where he was. And he, he checked him to see if he was still breathing. He is. But he's, he's not in any way, shape, form, or fashion in good shape right now. No. Yeah, he, yeah, he he's very he's, he's basically a giant pile of cinder blocks. Wait, he's basically a giant pile of cinder blocks right now. He is very 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 dead weight. You would think this match is over, but that crazy bastard in the green kicked out. I can't believe he kicked out of that. <laughs> we'll be saying that crazy bastard in the green a lot during this countdown. And he kicked out. This guy right here. Somehow he's still conscious after that suplex. He's still conscious after that suplex. And, and oh, he wants to give it to him again. He wants. He wants to get you another one. He wants to get you another. No, he, he fights out of it. The forearm is coming. He, he threw everything into that forearm. I do mean everything. He, he basically collapses to the canvas after he threw uh, his latest forearm. This cell job is amazing. <laughs> it really, it really is. Although it's hard to not believe that a a sagittal suplex landing that high and tight is not that believable. It, it, uh, although he's trying to hit him another one, he he's, he knows what's coming. He's doing everything in his power to block it, and he still gets hit with it, but it doesn't hit anywhere near as destructive or as devastating as the previous one was. This time, at least he landed on his back, not the back of his head. 
And he kind of used the ropes to do it. It was nice that he, he walked up the ropes so he can land kind of on his back as opposed to, had he not done it, he's probably on his head and probably pinned. <laughs> Another forearm. Oh, all right, we'll take it back to Oklahoma. Oklahoma Stampede! And the hook, the two, and the kick out. Ah. That was incredible. Oklahoma out here. I know back then they had to deal with Nebraska in the Big 12. Oklahoma's going to be nice in the Big 12 this year. I think it's them, Texas, and OK State are going to be the three teams in the Big 12. Back to the Sayano Suplex! And he lit tight! Clearly, he did not like him saying Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to be challenged with OK State and Texas, but that hurt. The hook of the leg, the two, and the three. Yeah, that should have done it. Oh, I, I don't know what I would have done if he kicked out. And everyone in the cousin goes to the ring and, and checks and checks on these two. These two were essentially murdered. 27 minutes, 39 seconds of war. And that basically, the Oklahoma Stampede probably took everything out of, of Masawa. The, the one, the Oklahoma Stampede that finally connected. And look, look at Steve Williams. He could barely stand. He had to deliver so much pain, he could barely stand. As his boys are in the corner. Including John Laurinaitis. Yep. Including people. Yep. Ah, people power. As Masawa's in a neck brace or with ice packs surrounding his head. Ouch. He's in so much pain right now. The crowd's loving this. There's obviously the procession and the presentation to come uh, with Williams with the, the belt and with the title and then the trophy is there. The titles being placed on the on the arm. There are three belts there. There's three of them. Yeah, there's three. That's why they call it the Triple Crown. Hmm. And then the trophy. Which this is a monster trophy. Look at this, the size of this thing. This is a massive trophy. Uh, I'm impressed by its size. Well done. It, they don't Masawa mess around with Pat. Sure, don't. Masawa's still out too. As Williams holds all three belts and the trophy high above his head. And Masawa's down and he's out. Clearly, Steve Williams believes in the whole boomer sooner thing. He believes in the whole boomer sooner thing. <clears throat> that, that was incredible. That was a whole lot of violence in a short amount of time, and it all made sense. <clears throat> why are you why are you trying to get up? Let them help you. Let them help you. <laughs> Somehow this crazy bastard's on his feet. And he's not holding his back. He's not holding his neck. He's holding his arm. He's holding his collarbone, which is probably where he landed on the second sayuto suplex. But, but he's he's walking under his own power out of the ring and to, and to the back. And Steve Williams finally waves goodbye and lets him go. But what a very violent match! Yes, that was very violent. That's what I like in my wrestling. Some violence. Um, 
next week 